all. I understand the Highlands are very beautiful. Oh, there's nothing so lovely on earth. Morag's eyes looked over Callie's shoulder, as if focusing on something far away, and her face softened. You really should go, you know. Go for a week, and you'll never want to come back. Callie felt a prickle of curiosity. If the Highlands were so perfect, what was Morag Hamilton doing in London? Might her husband have retired and taken a fancy to city life? As she thought how to phrase the question diplomatically, she was forestalled by Jane Stanford, who was proprietorially steering the speaker towards the refreshments. Callie, it looks as if Mrs. Barton could use a hand with pouring the tea, she said sharply, her brows drawn together in disapproval at the curate's failure to read her mind. I would help, of course, but I must look after our speaker. Yes, of course, Jane. Callie smiled an apology at Morag Hamilton, who quirked an understanding eyebrow in Jane's direction. That endeared her to Callie, who decided on the spot that she liked the Scottish newcomer. I'll see you later, Mrs. Hamilton, she promised as she made a move. Do come this way and have a cup of tea and a mince pie. Please, call me Morag, insisted the other woman, and it would be very nice to see you again. Rachel Norton woke gradually, and not because it was yet daylight. The only source of light was from the ensuite bathroom, glowing faintly round the top and side of the stripped pine door. These Victorian houses had many charms, but period features came with a price, and that included doors which didn't quite fit in their frames, and single-glazed sash windows which admitted the chill winds of winter without putting up a great deal of fight. Half awake, Rachel couldn't quite decide whether her sleep had been disturbed by noises from the bathroom or by the baby's movements. Under the duvet, she ran her hands over the great mound of her belly, still not used to the shape she had assumed over the last months. Yes, the baby was kicking all right. She shifted a bit, trying to find a more comfortable position. Most of the time now she slept on her back. Anything else was just too awkward. The cracks of light round the bathroom door morphed into a rectangle as Trevor came through, clad in his running shorts, a grey T-shirt, and his expensive state-of-the-art trainers. His iPod was strapped round his upper arm in a holster. Morning, Rachel murmured. Oh, love. Trevor came to the side of the bed and leaned over, kissing her forehead. I hope I didn't wake you. I was trying to be quiet. The baby was kicking. Trevor gave a fond chuckle and patted the duvet above the mound. He'll be a football player. Mark my words, Rach. You're so sure it's a boy. Rachel's protest was perfunctory and half-hearted, oft-repeated. The scans had been non-committal on the subject, but Trevor was unfazed. It's got to be. A beautiful, blonde boy. Trevor lifted a lock of the thick blonde hair spread on Rachel's pillow and fingered it lovingly, then patted his own close-cropped fair head. Couldn't be anything else. Rachel changed the subject. What time is it? Seven, as usual. You know I always run at seven. Like clockwork, she reflected. You could set your watch by Trevor's timekeeping. A run along the canal at seven, winter or summer, dark or light, home for a shower and a quick breakfast, 
and at his desk by half-past eight. Trevor was much happier these days, since he no longer had to commute into the city. His office was at the other end of the corridor, in the large bay-fronted room at the front of the house. When they'd bought the house six months ago, Rachel had fancied that room for her bedroom, but Trevor had been adamant. I'll spend more time in the office than the bedroom. We both will, for that matter. Makes sense to use the biggest room. Space for all the computers and filing cabinets. And good light. She hadn't really argued. It was a big house, and their bedroom at the back was perfectly adequate in size. And they'd taken the small bedroom next to it, knocked it through, and fitted it out as an ensuite, still leaving another bedroom to use as the nursery. They'd come a long way from the scruffy, cramped flat in Stoke Newington that they'd shared for a few years, before their marriage, and where they'd started their married life a scant year ago. Trevor was an IT genius. She'd always told him.